All right, let's keep this party going. All right, number 60 is Damn from Kendrick Lamar. You know, I like Kendrick Lamar. I And does this album need to be there? Sure, that's that's fine. Like, I'm not, it's, it's funny with Kendrick. Like, I recognize his immense talent and, but I'm not like into him like I'm into somebody like J. Cole or somebody like that. Whatever his placement is on the list, I'm not going to dispute it. Now, here's a travesty of justice. Notorious B.I.G. Life After Death at number 59. I want to know what 59 albums are better than this. And it better not be some bullshit. You know, this was a time when a lot of uh, major artists were putting out double albums. Tupac had uh, All Eyes on Me, I think a couple years before. Uh, Wu-Tang put out Wu-Tang Forever. And then Biggie had Life After Death. So... Uh, yeah, Life After Death, I don't want to call it a perfect album, close enough to it, but I mean, for a double album, it had a lot of, there was there was very little filler on a double album. So, you know, once again, Puffy and, you know, and, and you know, and crew, because there was a lot of other people who helped produce on this, uh, they produced a living hell out of this. So, rest in peace, Biggie. Ice Cube's America's Most Wanted. You know, I could... Like, if I actually worked out, like, the instrumental for America's Most Wanted, I could just get on a treadmill and just walk or jog to that for, like, an hour if I had to. That that song slaps, you know. Um, I, 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 yeah. Uh, once again, I'm always in the mind of this should be higher, this should be lower, but I figure... Uh, Death certificates are rated higher than this one if we talk about Ice Cube albums, but I'm not gonna. But this was a fantastic album, and I, I swear, the Bomb Squad just produced the living hell out of this because I think they, I think I believe they did this album, and you could you could definitely tell. Beastie Boys licensed to ill. I am actually glad this is not like in the top ten. I I was never a huge Beastie Boys fan. I don't hate the Beastie Boys. But I was never a big fan. They had songs that I liked, and I didn't want this to be like in the top ten. I'm like, oh yeah, it's the Beastie Boys. Yeah, whatever. You know, I mean, I know they made the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They had a big impact on hip hop. Whatever. Next, um, number fifty six, No Name, uh, Room Twenty Five. Once again, I think someone who's basically just on here too soon. I like No Name. I like her music. But I don't know if I'll put her like in the top 200. Once again, if there was a top 500, maybe. But I don't know about top 200. A Tribe Called Quest Midnight Marauders, which I, and and I I would imagine that uh, low end theory is going to end up on this list. But you know, it was a trifecta for Quest to have. Uh, you know, People's Instinctive Travels, Low End Theory, and Midnight Marauders was like a trifecta, you know, as far as albums go. Uh, oh, I knew they were going to put a, a fucking Migos album on this list. Jesus fucking Christ. Migos' culture is on here. You know what? Next, I'm not going to talk about this shit. Uh, Salt and Pepper's Hot, Cool, and Vicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was never one of those guys who was just like, she's a good rapper for a woman. It was like, 
do I like your song or not? It doesn't matter if it was a guy or a girl who sang it. I was never one of those guys who was like, oh, female rappers. Like, no, it's, you know, if you were good, like a Latifah or MC Light, you know, or whoever, I'm going to listen to your music. And I had this record on cassette when I was a kid. So um, Kanye West, a college dropout at number 52. Despite what I, how I feel about Kanye and my, my revulsion and, I don't want to say hatred. That's too strong. I don't know the guy personally. But his first three albums were hip-hop classics. And nothing could take that away from him. Like, I, I will defend those three albums to the death. Like, I, you know, I joke with my friends, like, how much we hate Black Eyed Peas. But their first two albums were really good. And I'll defend those two albums to the death. Everything else that Black Eyed Peas did, Black Eyed Peas did is Drek. But same with Kanye. Like, I... I I forgave 808s and the Heartbreaks because it came out after his mom died. So I just said, okay, I, I can forgive that one, even though it was just, you know, auto-tune dreck. But first three albums are hip-hop classics, and I'm not going to dispute their place on the list, no matter how I feel about Kanye. The Roots, things fall apart. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean... I'm a huge Roots fan, you know, you know, Black Thought and all them. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to dispute their place on that list at all. Love the Roots, you know. Uh, EPMD, Strictly Business. Now, I love Strictly Business. I had this record when, uh, you know, when it first came out. But if I had to put an EPMD album on here, it probably would have been Business as Usual. But then again, when I think about it, I mean, this song had very little filler on it. It had a lot of great songs on it. And I mean, Jesus Christ, man, uh, you're a customer. I remember the first time I heard that, it was like on the, on the radio. Uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it be. So EPMD Strictly Business at number 50. NWA Straight Outta Compton at number 49. Once again, I want to know which 49 albums that they thought were better than this. Because Dre produced the living hell out of it. Ice Cube wrote the living hell out of it. I mean, and, you know, these guys are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, because of their impact on the, on, on the, on the genre. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see who's left on here. Jay Dilla's Donuts. Huh. Once again, if I remember correctly, this is an instrumental album, but it had a lot of great beats on here. So we'll leave it be. You know, rest in peace, Jay Dilla. Uh, Missy, uh, Missy Elliott, uh, super duper fly. So she has two albums in the top, in the 200 of all time. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I would have gone that far. I guess there's a lot of Missy Elliott fans who were compiling this list. Tyler, the creator, call me if you get lost from 2021. Once again, I like Tyler, but he's, I don't think he's top 200 of all time worthy, but what are you gonna do? You know, we'll 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 leave it be. He's talented enough where I'll just leave it be. Oh, Cool J's mama said, "Knock you out." I, you know, everybody knows this part, but you know, this is basically just basic lore about L. Cool J. But the reason why uh, the album's called "Mama Said Knock You Out" is because when he had uh, the previous album, "Walking with a Panther," and you know, it was too much of, uh, on the on the softer side. And his mom told him, when you come up with this next album, baby, you got to knock him out. <laughs> and, made, and that's what he did. 
Mama said, knock you out. I think one of my favorite part, like of the Mama said, knock you out videos at the very end, where his mom, I don't know if that's his mom or his grandma, like tells him to take out the trash. Like, okay, that's actually pretty funny. Um, Liquid swords. Holy shit. I will tell you one thing. The only reason why I know the movie Shogun Assassins is because of this album. Okay. All the, the cut scenes from the album. And one of my friends figured out what movie it's from. And we actually went out and we, uh, I had to go all the way to Jamaica Avenue because that movie wasn't in print. And then in Jamaica Avenue, they had these places where you could just buy. It was a whole store just dedicated to bootleg uh, Asian Kung Fu movies, if you could believe that. And that's where I got my copy of Shogun Assassins. So, uh, and other than that, the album's fantastic. I mean, once again, RZA, you know, produced the hell out of it. And the, the Jizza is one of the more, I mean, all the Wu-Tang cats, maybe the exception of Old Dirty Bastard are very lyrical. I mean, ODB can can kick rhymes when he's sober. And when when has that ever happened? Rest in peace, Old Dirty. But um, yeah, this was a, this was a definite, uh, definite hip hop classic. Uh, Run DMC's self-titled Run DMC at number 43. Would I have put this ahead of Raising Hell? No. I think Raising Hell and Run DMC can switch places, but both albums belong on the list. Let me explain something to you. Rap was in danger of becoming a passing fad, right? Because now all of a sudden you had rapping grandmas selling burgers and everybody was rapping. And then, you know, it was like, like I'm MC granny and I'm here to say and all this other bullshit. And Run DMC came out with Sucker MCs. And they used to tell stories about that in the club. I was too young to be in the clubs at the time when this song came out. I was maybe like uh, 13 or 14 when the song came out. But they would say like when they played this song in the clubs, when that when that opening, boom, dap, 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 dap. By the time that was over, dance floor is full. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. There's one part on Sucker MCs that I didn't know. And I, and I have to verify this. So I may be... Uh, you know, um, there's a, a, a line in Sucker MCs. I always thought at first, I thought it was they cut the record down to the bone. And then I always heard it as Jay, as in Jam Master Jay cut the record down to the bone. But when I saw the lyrics posted, it said Davey cut the record down to the bone, meaning Davey DMX, who, uh, who, I, who I think produced the record. So I, I need to go back and verify that. But I was like, I've had that lyric wrong for, I don't know, uh, 40 years. <laughs> Big Daddy Kane's Long Live the Kane. I, I, I will tell you, uh, Big Daddy Kane told a story about how he was trying to get in the Juice Crew and MC Shan ain't like him. And then MC Shan wanted him to, to battle KRS-One because, you know, KRS-One was going after them. They had their whole beef. And Kane was just like, nah, KRS-One's like my boy. He said when he moved out of his mama's house, KRS-One helped him move. <laughs> he said Miss Melody was out there, you know, carrying couches, you know. It it, it was it was a pretty tight-knit neighborhood back then. So, you know, uh, and Big Daddy Kane has always been a master lyricist as far as I'm concerned. Everybody wanted him and rock him to beef, and they were like, "Why? We're both awesome. We don't got it. We don't got to beef for other people's pleasure. Fuck all that bullshit." Um, Kanye West late registration once again. I'm gonna I'm gonna gloss over this just because of how I feel about Kanye. But once again, 
I mean, the album is uh, the album's a classic. There's not much more I can really say about it. Dr. Dre's The Chronic at number 40. Ha! Huh. Don't know about that. It should be higher. Just because for a lot of like cats like me on the East Coast, it was our bridge into West Coast rap because a lot of us weren't really feeling a lot of West Coast rap. Like I would, you know, I, I listened to like Ice-T and stuff like that, but I wasn't really... And of course, NWA, but a lot of my friends weren't really sold on it. Like the chronic for a lot of my friends into the West Coast was like ghetto boys. We can't be stopped for like the Texas style of rap. So, yeah, this album should be higher on the list. I mean, it's got uh, it's classic should be higher on the list. Uh, Lil Wayne's a Carter three. We'll just skip that. People love Lil Wayne. I don't. I think I, I think he's possibly one of the reasons why we have mumble rap, but that's just a matter of opinion. Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid Mad City. I talked about this on the main podcast not too long ago that I do it with, uh, with with one of my friends. This album actually has a a, a hip hop milestone. It's been on the Billboard charts for uh, five hundred weeks. So the only other hip hop album to do that was Eminem's uh, Curtain Call, but Curtain Call is the greatest hits. So this is like the only like actual hip hop album to achieve 500 weeks on the Billboard chart, which is which is huge, you know. So this album has been on the chart since uh, 2011 or 2012. So yeah, huge uh, huge accomplishment, and I do believe. I don't think it's this one. I think it's uh, to pimp a butterfly. It's actually in the in the Library of Congress. So, yeah, you can't really dispute Kendrick Lamar's chops on this. Raekwon's only built for Cuban links. I played the, you know, it's like Biggie said. I let my tape rock till my tape popped, you know, and then I eventually had to buy this on CD. <laughs> so, I mean, Wu Tang is Wu Tang. You know, you can't really fade Wu-Tang when it comes to uh, their place in the hip-hop. And no, I've yet to watch that Wu-Tang uh, Only Made in America thing. I need to I need to watch that. I heard it's really good. Um, Chance the Rapper's Acid Rap from 2013. I don't really know Chance's music like that. We'll skip that. Snoop Doggy Dog Doggy Style. I will tell you this. Snoop Doggy Dog's Doggy Style was like the first rap CD that I bought, like when I first started buying CDs, I think the first rap, I mean, the first CD I ever bought was Bell Biv DeVoe's Poison. And this was the first rap CD I ever bought. So, uh, Sugar Hill Record Story. Okay. I, I could see that being up there because I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of classic rap on there. Um, they always used to tell the story about how about how Big Bang Hank got his hands on Grandmaster Kaz's rhymes. I'm not going to go into that in the interest of time because Kaz told that story like six different ways. So I'm just like, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, if it were, if it wasn't for Sugar Hill Gang, we don't know where rap would be. And especially for Sugar Hill Records, rest in peace, Sylvia Robinson. Um, De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising. I will tell you this. It's I'm always a type of guy who is enamored by things that are different. And the first time I heard plug tuning, 
it was like in 88 that song came out as a single and i was enamored by that song you know and then when this song came out you couldn't when this album came out you couldn't tell me jack shit i had this on uh i had it on vinyl i had it on no not on vinyl but i had it on cd and i had it on uh on cassette and then uh, about maybe six or seven years ago de la soul had this thing where they were allowing their fans to download all their CDs for free. So, you know, all their MP3s, you can get on, or you got on their website, you could just download them for free. So I, I still have, I still have those, including a, uh, a remix album. And there is a, um, a remix of me, myself and I, uh, and they use the GQ's disco nights. And that song, that remix still slaps to this day. Um, Chief Keith, oh my fucking god, this fucking guy. You know what? Next. Um, ugh, I knew she's gonna end up on this fucking list somewhere. Nicki Minaj, Pink Friday. Next. Um, Beastie Boys, Paul's Boutique. Okay, fine, whatever. Next. Wow, Tupac, All Eyes on Me at number 29. Oh, I don't know about all that. Holy Jesus, God. Once again, I know every album can't be higher on the list just because of numbers, but All Eyes on Me was basically, uh, it was Tupac's magnum opus, you know, uh, a double CD with, uh, yeah, 27 songs and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, an, it's a hip hop classic, even though I wasn't as, I wasn't as big of a Tupac fan as I should have been. It had nothing to do with the whole beef. I didn't take sides on that East Coast, West Coast beef, you know, because I like artists from both coasts. But yeah, this album should be higher on the list. I mean, I would even dare to say it should be top 10. So once again, what 29 songs are better than this? <laughs> Mob Deep's The Infamous. Yes, definitely. Uh, rest in peace, The Prodigy. And uh, eat a dick for all the people who keep trying to destroy his murals. You know, maybe you should have done something better with your life than to just hate on people. Outcast of Quantum Mind. And, and I, I mentioned that before. You know, I didn't know they were going to double up some of these albums. But yeah, Outcast had a string of hit albums, which is hard to do in this day and age because it's so easy to just make an album where the meta will shift on you and you will just fall right off. But Outcast managed to stay relevant for a long time. So, and this album is, is proof of that. Jay Z's Reasonable Doubt. Yeah, this is the only album I like from Jay Z. And I don't know why. I don't know why I'm not a Jay-Z fan. But Reasonable Doubt was a great album, you know, and and, and it deserves its place on this list right where it is. Not higher, not lower, right where it is, you know. Um, Can I Live is still one of my favorite uh, Jay-Z songs. I'll, I'll give him that. Eminem's The Marshall Mathers LP. Even though it's number 25, I thought it'd be higher on the list. Uh... Nas is Illmatic at number 24. Hey, who fuck made this list? I want their names. I want their addresses. How is Illmatic not Tom 10? At 24? Oh, get the fuck out of here with that horse shit. I mean, you want to talk about a hip-hop classic. Now, I will, some people say about this album, about... Uh, because he had so many different producers on the album. And I think that was already a trend, but Illmatic was one of the biggest albums to really do that. 
And because before, if you if you had an album, either you had like one person producing it or a team of people producing it, like the Bomb Squad or the Track Masters. You know what I mean? So he had like all these different people, like Premier, Pete Rock, Q-Tip. You know, I, I want to say Large Professor did tracks on this too. Don't quote me on that. Uh, I could be wrong about that. I may be thinking about something else, but... Yeah, number 24 is an insult. It's a travesty of justice, and y'all could eat a dick for this. Uh, oh, and then you're going to put UGK's Riding Dirty ahead of Nas. Get the fuck out of here. Jesus Christ. DMX, It's Dark and Hell is Hot. If I remember correctly, he released It's Dark and Hell is Hot and then Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood, same year. So they came out like six months apart. So I think they both hit number one, you know, rest in peace, DMX, you know, they had this thing where they had, uh, what was it? They counted everybody's unique words to see who had the biggest vocabulary in hip hop. And even Eminem for his lyricism was above middle of the road. You know, but DMX was low on the list, but they said, you know, people who are low on the list don't look at them as, oh, they're whack. But I mean, what DMX lacked in lyricism, he made up for in just energy and charisma. You know, when he when he was on top of his game, meaning that when he was staying off drugs, he's one of the coolest dudes you could ever meet. You know, from what I hear, I've never I've never had the pleasure of meeting him personally. So once again, rest in peace, DMX. Uh, Lil Wayne, The Drought 3. What the fuck is this? The, I never even heard this stupid-ass fucking album. Next, Future. Oh, my God. The, uh, at number 20. You know what? Let me take a break and finish this list. I'm going to go I'm gonna go in the bathroom and puke real quick. Future at number 20. Y'all out your fucking minds. I'll be back. All right, let's finish this bullshit-ass list. <laughs> they made me mad with that future bullshit. Ooh, Kim, hardcore at number 19. Nah, that should be. No, I mean, I like little Kim, her, her first couple albums, but mm, no. Top top 500, yes. Definitely not, not, definitely not number 19 on the list of top 200 songs of all time. I'm just going to. You know, and, and I don't want to speak this into existence, so I'm just going to keep it moving. Ooh. Oh, okay. Okay. They're, they're, they're just starting to make it out to me. Uh, Mad Villain, Mad Villainy, which is basically uh, the project with MF Doom and Mad Lib. Possibly one of the best hip hop albums of all time. You know, Doom has like different projects that he does with people, kind of like Cool Keith. And, uh, you know, he's done work with Danger Mouse. He's done work with, um, yeah, it's, yeah, this album is tight. Tight as hell. So, yes, Mad Villainy deserves a spot on the list, hands down. I'll fight you if you think that something else should be in this spot. I'll, I'll, I'll physically fight you. Or I'll just hire somebody to fight you because I'm, I'm a middle-aged man now. Um, Kanye West, Yeezus. Oh, get the fuck out of here. You mean you're going to put Yeezus against his first two albums? Really? Y'all must be smoking dust. Anyway, oh my God. 
Cardi B's invasion of privacy at number 16. So you're going to put Cardi B ahead of Biggie, Tupac, and Nas Illmatic? Oh, you guys are just smoking dust wrapped in crack, wrapped in meth. Holy shit. Arabian Rock Kim paid in full. So here's the thing, okay? Yes, it, it belongs on the list, but here's my thing. I figured the number one album was going to be one of four albums. I have not looked at this list yet. It was either going to be Eric B. and Rakim's Paid in Full, Tupac All Eyes on Me, Biggie um, Life After Death, or, uh, you know, or um, what was it? Biggie, Tupac, Eric B. and Rakim, or Nas. So now I see three of those albums already. Actually, all four of those albums already here. So we'll we'll see what we got. We'll we'll see what's left. Ghostface Killer Supreme Clientele. It's a great album. Don't get me wrong. Apollo Kids and uh, yeah. Uh, number fourteen though. Don't know. Definitely top two hundred for sure. But to be in the top 20, especially above Fish Scale, I don't know. That's a tough one. Great album, though. I mean, it deserves to be on the list, but it's placement, a little off. Dr. Dre's uh, 2001. The reason why he called the album 2001, if I remember correctly, is because Suge Knight decided he was going to come out because he had the uh, claim to the chronic name. He put out an album called Chronic 2000, just to fuck with Dre. So he just called the album 2001. And of course, it was a much better album than whatever Drek, uh Suge Knight put out. Um, Clips, Lord Willing, at number 12. Whatever, whatever. Uh, Drake's Take Care at number 11. I'll say this. Normally, this would be the point where I would be bad and be like, oh, fuck Drake and all that other bullshit. But, I mean, people seem to like him. You know, I'm just a cranky old man of rap. And I think that Drake is just derivative. He had a freestyle that he had on one of his old mixtapes. And I remember hearing it and liking it. I liked it a lot. And I was just like, who's this cat? And it was it was at the end of some YouTube video. And somebody had it in the uh, in the comments. It was like Drake was from one of his old mixtapes. And I was just like, all right, Drake. All right, I got to keep an ear out for this kid. You know, he may be something one day. And then when I started hearing his, his album stuff, I was just like, huh, are there two Drakes? Because this Drake sucks. The other Drake was all right. And it was like the same Drake. <laughs> so... I don't know. We'll we'll leave it be just because of the popularity angle, but mm. number 10, Miseducation of Lauren Hill. This album was a cultural phenomenon when it came out. And uh I know Lauren had a lot of issues afterwards, you know, and never really had a proper follow-up to it. But I mean, this album was amazing. I still have it on CD. I still listen to it. It's still an amazing piece of work. So, yeah, definitely deserves to be in the top 10. I got no, there's nothing for me to say about that. Yep, here we go. Tribe Call Quest Low End Theory. Well, it's right where it needs to be. Number nine on the list. So, I mean, that means three Quest albums are on the list. So, okay, we're, we're, we're good. We're good.
What? Enter the Wu-Tang is number eight. That was my dark horse to be number one on this list. Because I was like, all right, if these cats weren't number one, then Wu-Tang will be number one. So there's still one album left that may end up at number one, but we'll see how it pans out in the next uh, in the next list. But I always said that I'm not going to buy this album again unless it's remastered because I it always sounded, I mean, the, the beats were fantastic. The rhymes are legendary, but I always felt like the sound quality, like it sounded like RZA recorded it like in a, a college dorm bathroom. And I think that's kind of what he did. <laughs> <laughs> to the honest truth. So if it's remastered, I, I'll buy another copy on CD because the first copy I had of it was on cassette and it didn't really sound great. So then when I bought it on CD, it sounded exactly like it did on cassette. It didn't sound any better. And I was just like, yeah, when they remaster it, I'll buy a new one. If not, I'll just stream it. Um, whew. Missy Elliott, so addictive at number seven. Mm, yes, Get Your Freak On was a good song, but is it enough to put this album above all these other classics? Fuck no. No disrespect to you, Missy, but Jesus fucking Christ. Oh my God, you guys are on dust. Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted fam Fantasy at number six on the top two. All right, what's next? Kendrick Lamar, The Pimper Butterfly at number five. I'll give you that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like I said before, this album in the Library of Congress for a reason. It's, it's, a, it's a fantastic album. It's one of his best. So we'll leave that be. Ooh, my second Dark Horse didn't make it, but it's, it's where it needs to be. Public Enemies, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. I cannot tell, I can tell you to this day, I'm a grown ass man, right? I was maybe 17, 16 when this, when uh, Rebel Without a Pause came out. To this day, it still gives me chills when I play that song. And that song came out 30 years ago, 35 years ago. So, yeah, I, absolutely. I remember they told a story. Uh, you know, Chuck and Flav had their radio show and Rick Rubin wanted uh, wanted him to be on the label. And Chuck was a little bit older than most rappers. So he was like, rap's a young man's game. I'm, I'm not really interested in making a record. And Rick Rubin said that he had on his computer, he had a post-it note with Chuck D's number on it. And he had the post-it note right here. And then he said he called Chuck D every day for a year. Until finally Chuck came in with Flav and the S1Ws and Griff, and they were just like, all right, this is what we this is what we got for you here. And then the rest is history. Uh Jay-Z's the blueprint. Once again, I could probably get mad about this, but whatever. Jay-Z's popular, he's billionaire, yada yada yada. No one gives a fuck. Outcast Stanconia at number two. Okay. Okay. Okay, <laughs> I'm trying to find something bad to say about that place, but I really can't. I mean, Bombs Over Baghdad, So Fresh, So Clean, Miss Jackson's on this album. I'm like, yeah, you can't really. So there's only one album left that's going to be number one, and it better be what I'm thinking of. Of course it is. Notorious B.I.G. Ready to Die. So they, they, they saved the list with putting Ready to Die as 
number one. I mean, when this album dropped, it was huge, you know, and it was one of the albums that that took back the crown along with Nas' Illmatic, which took back the crown from the West Coast. Because the West had the title for a while, you know, with NWA and all these other acts coming out. And the West was really, you know, they were really ruling it. And between Nas, between Biggie, you had J. Rudy Damager, you had a lot of, of people who came out and kind of took the took the crowd, took it back. You know, this was one, this was one of the albums that did that. You know, and then, you know, um, Suicidal Thoughts was... Uh, it was a grim way to end an album, you know, it really was. And, but it's still, it, it, it's, it sticks with you, you know? So rest in peace, Biggie. Uh, and that's pretty much the list. So yeah, here's the thing about making a list like this. It's not easy because you're going to have people like me who are going to bitch and moan and complain. And yeah, we'll have our, we'll have our compliments but we'll also be like, why the fuck is this person here? Why is that person here? I know the album, I know the list is not going to be everybody from my era, right? That's not possible because rap is, it's worldwide now and it's multi-generational now, you know? I mean, when I, uh, I mean, the first rap album that we all, that we ever owned was Curtis Blow's uh, self-titled album. That came out like, what, in the 80s? like the early 80s. So yeah, it's multi-generational now. So everybody has to have their time to shine. But you figure, I, I, I look at it like this with a lot of newer stuff. There's not going to be a little Yachty Boulevard. There's not going to be a little Uzi Vert Street someplace because their music is just not, it, ha, it holds no weight, it has no gravity to me. You know, you got somebody like Little Pump, who's basically just a flash in the pan. Uh, he came in and he made his little Gucci Gang records, and then now he can't even give records away. You know, there are some people like Twenty One Savage who managed to kind of transcend, and even even Uzi. I know he's been having label problems, but even he managed to kind of survive. But if you look up their discographies and you look at how many singles they sell and how many how many albums they sell. Because a lot of these people, they, they'll go like platinum, double platinum. So they won't sell like eight, nine million copies like Biggie and all them. And it's really not about album sales. Because if it was all about album sales, then MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice would be on the list. You know? So it's, it's not an easy thing to pinpoint what makes an album great. It's not necessarily the content. It's your style. It's your dedication to the craft. You know, and you have cats. There are some newer cats like Corday and, you know, stuff like that who take time to write good music, you know. And a lot of people don't do that anymore because they just have stars in their eyes. They just want the money, right? They see, oh, you know, like Snoop said, you know, all these cats rhyme the same. You got Migos and Future and, and all these cats like that. I can't tell these dudes apart, you know. Because they see the money and then they go after the money. Like like Snoop said, he was like the only people who rhymed this who rhymed similar was like Dana Dane and Slick Rick. You know, because they used to be part of the same crew. 
You know, he said you couldn't sound like nobody else because then you were biting. He said if you were biting somebody's rhymes and biting somebody's style, that was the ultimate sin back then. Right? You come out sounding like somebody else, they'd just be like, like, who are you trying to be? You trying to be baby rock candy? You trying to be baby cane? Like, nobody's trying to hear you like that. But now it's whatever makes money. So there are a lot of there, I mean, me. Being a cranky old man aside, I figured, you know, there'd be a day, maybe 10 years from now, where I'll see Tyler, the creator on the top 200 list and be like, okay, he deserves to be there. Even though he's been in the game for a while, you know, or No Name or a a Rhapsody or somebody like that and be like, yeah, they deserve to be there, you know, that that they've earned their spot. But here's the thing. I'm just one guy and I'm not a professional music critic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so my word doesn't really hold that much weight as a whole. And there are a lot of people who think similar to me, but not exactly the same. There may be somebody who will look at this list and think that Illmatic should have been number one or Enter the Wu-Tang should have been number one. They may be like, hey, why is it Wu-Tang forever on this list? You know, it's it's always open for debate. It's like, who's the best basketball player of all time? Always open to debate. So, yeah, I know I ragged on these Rolling Stones cats who made this list, but, you know, if they can get good debate out of it, then it was worth me going through the list. So, all right, that's it for this list. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy your evening and stay safe out there.